Hello, hello, welcome to From Every Tribe. My name is Jordan, and it's been a while since I posted an episode. I figured I'd just give a update as to what's been going on with me, and it's not been bad. It's just, you know, life changes and everything like that. I have moved, moved into a new house with my brother and his family, which is good because I get to be close to them and everything like that, everything like that. And I get to watch my niece who is currently two years, two and a half years old, and I get to watch her grow up a little bit, maybe for a couple more years, depending on how long I stay here, obviously, which I'm not sure how long I am going to be staying here. Um, I am no longer living in a unfinished basement like I was last time. Um, the last episode all the way to the very beginning of the podcast when I first started releasing episodes, I was living in an unfinished basement. Now I am not. And so that means the audio quality will hopefully be better from here on out because I will not have a, I will not have the AC and the water heater and everything like that right next to me in the same room that I am in whenever I do the podcast episodes. So you won't hear that anymore. You won't hear children stomping around above me. That's what those banging sounds were. If you were listening to my previous episodes, that's what those sounds were. They were kids running upstairs because the people I was living with before, they had kids of their own. And so they play upstairs, and so that's that's what you were hearing. And now you won't be hearing that anymore, Ho hopefully at least. Hopefully my niece will not be able to get on the roof of this two-story house. Yeah, but if, if she does, then you might hear some stomping around. But that'll bring, bring a lot more terror to me as opposed to what hearing stomping above me were, would have done living at the other house with some really close friends of mine. So yeah, um, some updates on my living situation. And I'm not exactly sure where all of this is going. Like, I don't, I don't know where all this is going. Um, I'm not stressing out about it. But I just don't know where all this is going. It's I would ho I, I would hope to be married here in the next four or five years, maybe. And then in four four or five years and save up enough money to be able to get a place of my own with my then wife. That would be ideal that's kind of what I'm shooting for in my mind at the moment but other than that I'm not exactly sure where this is going I'm not sure what evangelistic opportunities um, God may give to me I know one opportunity now that I'm living with my brother and 
his family, they, they're not believers, and so that they're not Christians, so I could, and so I have the opportunity to be able to live a Christ-like life in front of them, and to be able to share the gospel with them whenever it's appropriate, whenever I can, which I've been able to do, very fortunately, uh, because I obviously want them all to come to, to the faith. And so I have that opportunity, but as far as opportunities to witness to people outside of my own household and also outside of my job, I'm not exactly sure where all of that is going to go, but I trust that there's going to come some opportunities. And so I guess since I'm on that topic, I guess I can tell an opportunity that I did get a, uh, I can tell a quick story of what happened with me that kind of made me realize what I probably am called to do with my life. And that's just to share the gospel with people and to study other people's faiths so that I can be prepared to witness to them. And what has really caused me to come to that place of realizing that's probably what I should focus on doing is I was in a evangelistic rut for a while and that rut was brought on due to multiple things but what I mean by evangelistic rut is I really wasn't sharing the gospel with people um I wasn't talking to people about Christ, whether it be my coworkers or strangers or my own family, I wasn't I wasn't really doing it. Whereas before I would do that. That that would be a normal thing for me to do. Especially if a new person like say I'm working at my job and a new person comes on uh, come comes in and they start doing their job. My almost immediate thought is, alright, uh uh, let's try and get an opportunity to be able to witness to this person. You know, especially if said person were to be assigned to work with me specifically. You know, um, I have one particular guy who I probably saw like maybe three times, but he came into work and he, uh, he, my boss put him with me and so that I could train him on how to do the job that I was doing and 15 minutes 20 minutes after meeting him and after having a couple words back and forth with him I just come out and do what I normally do just ask him if he has any sort of belief in a God or if he believes in Jesus Christ at all and what his stance on that is and that's usually my approach to just kind of openly ask the person you know because it's kind of sometimes you just got to go there you just got to go that direction and ask them do you believe in God do you believe in Jesus just ask them that question and that may sometimes seem awkward but trust me it's not as bad it's not as awkward as you may think you know, some people are ready to have a conversation about it. Some people are more confused, like, why are you asking me this question? This specific guy, after I asked him the question, and he kind of shared to me what he kind of, what his background kind of was, and after I witnessed to him, 
he just kind of looked at me and he was like, why did you ask me that question? <laughs> and I was, and I was just straight up honest with him. I said, well, I believe evangelism, telling other people the gospel is important. And so I felt I wanted to do, so I felt I had to do that with you. And just being openly, lovingly honest with whoever it is that you find yourself uh, in conversation with, I have found is the most effective way to be able to throw the seed on fertile ground, I guess you could say. I guess you could say. And so I had stopped doing that is the point for a long time. And then I came to a place of really, really tough, hard convictions. And I realized I have got to start doing this again. I cannot let my fear of men and my nervousness and my fear of me not being a good speaker, because I'm not a good speaker, fear of me, being, me not being a good speaker, I can't let that get in the way of me actually telling someone about Jesus Christ and how to have eternal life through faith in Him. And so one day I prayed to God and I asked Him, Lord, and I was driving to work when I was having this prayer. I was driving to work one day and I was praying the whole way there. And Lord, I want opportunities to be able to preach the gospel today and I want the courage to do that. I want the, the courage to be able to just tell someone the gospel verbatim, bluntly, and to not be afraid to do that and to have opportunities to be able to do that today. Like I was praying specifically for that day, praying the whole way to work, which is about like 25 minute drive. I want opportunity to witness the gospel to someone today. And I want the courage to do that. And I want to do that today, that day, is what I was praying for. And so, I go into my job and a couple hours passes and we get everything done and we're just kind of standing around and I, my coworker was over there at her station and I was at mine. We, neither of us had anything to do. And the thought came to my mind, here's the opportunity that you prayed for this morning. And I was so terrified to walk up to her and just ask her if she believes in Christ. So terrified, but it was just this feeling that overcame me that said I've got to go talk to her this is what I prayed for what lousy servant of Christ would I be if I make that prayer to God and then I don't grab at the blatant blatantly obvious opportunity that God has granted to me and so I go up to her and I ask her if she believes in the Lord Jesus Christ and what's funny about it is the fact that English is not her first language Spanish is her first language. I don't know any Spanish outside of hola and uno, dos, tres. That's it. And so I'm trying to have a conversation with her. And also we both are. We're both wearing masks. And I have hearing loss. And English isn't her first language. So I'm like, this is not in a very fruitful ground, I guess you could say. For someone like me to be witnessing someone like her, not that there's anything uh, difference in our essence, uh, somehow I'm greater than her, she's greater than me, not at all. It's just English isn't her first language and I have hearing loss, so it's like having, a, and we're both wearing masks, so like having a conversation with each other is just, 
it's not it's not optimal there are some odds working against me but I still was able to share something with her talk to her about believing in Jesus Christ will give you everlasting life she seemed to understand me and so I took that finished talking with her thank God for the opportunity and went on throughout my day now what I did not expect to happen that same day this everything I'm about to say happened that same day I go out because I finished my job shift is over I go out into the locker room we have a place where you can put your belongings that you can't take into the warehouse because I work in a UPS warehouse you have a locker room and there's a security guard in that locker room and the security guard has had conversations with me about the Bible and everything like that and he has some interesting views like he rejects the trinity but i have no idea what he believes about god like i am clueless as he believe god is one person or or three or one person with three personality like, i have no idea what he believes on that on that topic so but he asked me questions about the bible sometimes and so this day specifically he told me a story and he instigated the story I did not he told me um, he told me that he was having a conversation with his nephew I believe it was if I'm remembering correctly and his nephew was talking to him about uh, his father the nephew's father who is not a Christian and the security guard he says to his nephew that he says don't worry if your father has fed someone or given someone water or clothed someone then on the basis of their of that of his of his father having fed someone having clothed someone having given someone water on that basis they could go to heaven because Jesus says in Matthew 25 as you've done to the least of these you've also done to me and so enter into the joy of my father or whatever the verse says I don't have it all perfectly memorized and so he told me that that's what he said to his nephew and then I start having a conversation with him about that what he said and suddenly the locker room filled with people like five to six people walked out into the locker room at the same time some said people I work with every day who I had not had the opportunity to witness to because I don't work directly head-on with them or something like that he I, I told him as the locker room was suddenly filling up that it's only through faith in Christ that we have peace with God because everyone is at animosity with God and you may have good works but if you are not in Christ by faith you do not have peace with God and therefore do not have eternal life and I said that kind of realizing that I just said that not just to the security guard but six other people in the warehouse heard me say those words it is only through faith in Christ that we have eternal life and so I got done talking to him and I left the warehouse and I 
thank God for that opportunity. And it was like, wow, that, that is not something that I even tried to instigate. That was just something that was thrown at me. And I was very thankful to God for that opportunity. I still am thankful. And then later on that same day, I have a weekly phone conversation I do with my pastor every Tuesday night. And as I was having a conversation with my pastor on the topic of evangelism and the struggles that I've been having with it and the fears that I have of doing it and the reasons thereof, as I'm talking to him, I look over because I'm, I'm outside. I'm, I'm, out, I'm outside. And, I'm, and I look over where this, the street is, where the cars go. And I see three Mormon missionaries walk up the street. I see three Mormon missionaries walk up the street. And I remembered something specific that I prayed for that morning. I prayed for an opportunity to be able to witness to either Mormons or Muslims that morning and I wanted to have that happen that day and I look over and I see those three Mormon missionaries and I was stunned I was utterly stunned and I they walk and I recognized one of them I recognized one of them he was an old friend of mine and so then I while I'm on the phone with my pastor I quickly go inside I throw on a sweatshirt and put on my shoes and I go running after the missionaries. And the missionaries, I caught up with them. And I arranged the time to meet with them to talk about different things. And we exchanged numbers. And that brought on four meetings that I had with them. Four meetings. In all four of them in which I was able to share the gospel with them. And I was able to talk specifically not just about the gospel in general, but I was, we were able to get into the doctrine of God as enunciated in Mormonism and as it's enunciated in the Bible. Doctrine of salvation and everything like that. We, we got into specific topics in the relation, the relationship with grace and good works. We got into specific topics about that and and in the in the first two meetings that we had the three all three of the missionaries came that I met and they brought two other missionaries with them for the first two meetings so I was able to witness to five missionaries twice and then the three the three dudes that that came alone and the three dudes actually had a some one of their old friends who was at a Brigham Young University he was getting a degree there he was on a phone call where he was talking to me as well so there was three missionaries that were there and then one of one was on a call that was an old friend of the three and so then there was four missionaries for the last meeting and I, I shared with all four of them. I was able to share with them the gospel. And so that was an amazing opportunity that I had. And so that, that kind of told me that 
that is what I should be preparing myself to do is to be able to be ready to jump at those opportunities to share the gospel with others because I think that's what God is calling me and equipping me to do and that that one day kind of just told me that that's what I should be doing that that is what my purpose in life is I don't know what I don't know if any other opportunities like that are going to come in the near future later on or anything like that I just really don't know where I'm going at the moment but I'm just trying to make myself able to do that and to be constant in prayer and reading the scriptures doing what Paul said put to death the sin that is in you um, to crucify the body with his passions and there I obviously am trying to do all of those because all of those things relate to the preaching of the gospel you won't be able to effectively preach the gospel if you are not putting the death of sin that is in you being constant in prayer being in the scriptures consistently I mean you may know the gospel but to be equipped to tell others the gospel the message of eternal life through faith in Christ to be mentally and emotionally spiritually ready to witness to someone in that manner and not just once and then move on if they don't repent but to be ready to actually disciple them if they do hear your message and God brings them the faith through you to be ready to disciple that person and to be there with them and to uh, continue to teach them the truths of the gospel which is a part of witnessing that is not a different thing than witnessing if you want to be ready to do that you need to be putting to death the sin that is in you crucifying the flesh being obedient to God's commands not that any of that is necessary in order for you to have forgiveness of sins but it is necessary if you want to be an effective uh, sort of an effective witness of the gospel and ready to ready to do that ready to work in that field you got to be doing all of that you got to be doing all that <clears throat> sorry <coughs> I apologize um so I'm trying not to do too much editing here I just want to be real um so yeah that's what I'm trying to do myself some things you can expect in the somewhat near future okay this what I'm going to say not necessarily in the near future in the probably distant future if I ever end up getting it done the witnessing with the Mormons had given me an idea of maybe writing a book a book on the topic of the peace of God and how to have it and what it is because in LDS theology the peace of God is oftentimes very oftentimes enunciated as something that you find in yourself when you read the Book of Mormon you pray about it what do you feel in your heart do you feel peace okay then that's how you know it's of God that's how you know the Book of Mormon is the Word of God you feel peace in your heart 
when that is not the peace of God, that is not the peace of God that's talked about in the Bible. The peace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 5.1, that is objective, that is an objective reality that we possess through faith, even if you do not feel at peace in your heart if you have faith in christ you have peace with god peace is something that is to be found in christ outside of you by faith in him not something that is to be found in you and so i figured maybe writing a book on that would be helpful maybe writing a book on that would be helpful and i say maybe because if, if it's already been done then it's already been done there's no point in doing it again uh, better to promote what's already been done rather than do it yourself when it's already been done. It's almost like a waste of time. But I'm, that, that'll probably be something I'm going to really be pursuing in the future. I've already written a... I've already started the book and I've written a bit of it already. And so it's just a matter of continuing to work on that. So that's something that I'll that I'll be working on over time, and and something else I've been working on, which this you can expect in the near future, are podcast episodes on the topic of church and tradition in the early church fathers. I have been recently studying Roman Roman Catholicism. And one of the biggest things that always come up in discussions between Protestants and Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox and everything like that is the nature of the church and tradition. What role do they play? Uh, what role do the scriptures give to them and everything like that? And what's always talked about is the unanimous view of the early church fathers on this doctrine, that doctrine, that doctrine, that doctrine. And so I figured, I think it would be great to see what the early church fathers taught on the topic of the, of the church and tradition. What is the church? What is tradition? What's the nature of the two? And everything like that. And so what I want to do is to discuss that topic on specific church fathers so the the next episode that will be released on from every tribe here pretty soon i'll already tell you it is on the topic of Arrhenius's view on the on the on the on what church and tradition is what Arrhenius says it is now Arrhenius doesn't and i'll get into this more but we only have from my knowledge, we only have one complete work by Arrhenius, which is his Against Heresy, which is a massive work arguing against Gnosticism, various kinds of Gnosticism. I'm almost done reading that. And he brings up the nature of what the church is and what tradition is several times in the work, probably more times as I continue to read, because I'm not done reading it yet. And I'm going to visit, revisit every single time he brings up either the word tradition or church or very clearly making explicit reference to tradition and the church. I'm going to revisit every time he does that. And we're going to discuss, or we're going to see what he says 
and we're going to discuss what Arrhenius would have understood about those two things from his own writings, from his own words, to see what the early church fathers actually thought about those two things. Uh, this isn't necessarily in relation with Roman Catholicism, but it's obviously useful to know what the Church Fathers actually said and actually believed when you run into people in Christendom in general who try and claim all of Church history for themselves, uh, as if all the Church Fathers were Roman Catholics, or all the Church Fathers were Eastern Orthodox, or all the Church Fathers were Lutheran. They were not all Lutheran, I'll for sure tell you that. Or if all the church fathers were this particular tradition or that particular tradition. No. I don't believe there's any such thing as a unanimous view of the church fathers on the vast majority of things. The vast majority of things. Now, I'm saying that as someone who hasn't read a whole lot of the church fathers, but I have, I now have, all 38 volumes of the Philip Schaff Church History said the Antonicene Fathers and the Nicene and Post-Nicene Fathers. I have all 38 volumes of it now. So that's what I'm going to be reading, and that's going to be my source whenever I go into that study. And so you can expect to see consistently over the future, in the future, episodes on the topic of early church fathers and what they believed about the tradition and church. And maybe I'll do other episodes. Maybe I'll say, what did this particular church father believe about baptism? Or what did that particular church father believe about the Lord's Supper? Or did this particular church father enunciate faith alone in his writings? I definitely will probably do that if if I ever go over like John Chrysostom or or Augustine or anything like that because they they very clearly have statements that enunciate the doctrine of faith alone in in their writings that that's that is for sure no doubt about that and so that's things you can look forward to in the future yeah uh, thank you for listening I really appreciate all of you who are listening to me and I'm <laughs> I really really am grateful you. You share this with your friends if you have anyone interested in church history or studying other religions. Uh, my Hopefully my podcast will be a nice place for you to go to learn things about that as I am learning about them myself. So thank you all very much for listening. You all have a great rest of your morning, evening, night, whatever time you're listening to this. Like I said, I'm not going to edit this. This is... <laughs> This is just me being real. Like I said, I'm not a good speaker, so don't hold me accountable for having a lame outro. You all have a good rest of your existence. Bye-bye.